Hey, welcome to Let's Talk with your host, Kelvin Newkirk Jr. Listen, I'm so excited you're here. And let me tell you, this is the perfect podcast for you. Because on this podcast, we're going to have honest, open, and biblical conversations about things people love to talk about. Also about things people hate to talk about. So with that being said, let's hop into it. Hey everybody, once again, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk. Listen, I'm so excited you're here. This is the fourth episode of Let's Talk, and you all do not understand how happy I am to finally have my voice back fully. But I will say, even though I personally believe that I sounded horrible in the last episode, I've gotten a lot of great feedback on the last episode. So I'm entirely grateful for the feedback that I've received from everyone. Also, I will say that this opportunity that I have means a lot to me. And I just want to remind you that I do not take it lightly whatsoever. Um, I'm very happy that I have the opportunity to come to you and share my views, share my thoughts, share my biblical interpretations. Um, I think that that is an awesome opportunity for anyone who is able to do that. So I don't take it lightly, like I said before. And this is the fourth episode. I'm so excited. Looking back on just how far um, this podcast has came along and looking back on when I first made the announcement to start it compared to now being in the fourth episode is just awesome. So let's get into the topic because I really do not want to ramble. I don't want to ramble whatsoever. And so the topic that's going to be discussed today is one of the most common topics that is discussed within the Christian community because it is one of the most important components to a Christian in their faith walk. This topic is something that I'm very passionate about discussing because I've heard a huge amount of criticism and misconceptions about this topic. So today on this episode of Less Talk, We are going to talk about church. And when I say church, I'm speaking about the specific gathering of believers, the corporate believe, the corporate gathering, sorry, of believers. Um, That's the rhetoric that I'm pretty much going to use throughout this episode. So within this topic, a few things are going to be discussed. And the first thing is going to be obviously what church is, right? The definition, our definition compared to the biblical definition of church, basically. Next, we're going to tackle the question of whether church is important and should be important to every believer. Then we're going to discuss why the church is so important, right? If 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 we're, at, at, we're, if we're asking the question of whether church is important to every believer, we must tackle the question of why church is important in general. And then we're going to hit on church hurt, right? Which I believe is one of the most daunting, one of the most daunting subjects to discuss. And we're going to talk about how to handle that because I have been a victim of church hurt. A lot of you may have been a victim of church hurt. So we're going to get into that. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Wow. I realize that I can get too far ahead of myself. So I do not want to do that at all. So what is church? 
specifically. Let's start off with that. Let's start off with defining what church is. So our definition is a building used for public Christian worship, referred to as the house of God, the Lord's house, the house of prayer. I can keep going on and on and on and on of the different names of what we define the church as. But the biblical definition hits on a different perspective. So there's three different definitions that I have, and it's the local group of believers, the individual believer, or the universal group of all who have trusted Christ through time or through the ages. That's what the Bible quotes it as, through the ages. So the biblical definition helps bring home the point that we, us, the believers, are the church. But what does that mean for the gathering of believers in a group setting? Because this hones in on the idea that we don't necessarily need to gather corporately. And while I can understand where that perspective comes from, we're going to answer the question of if church is important or if the gathering of believers is important. So I don't want to, I don't want to sound too subjective with this because I promise you that I want to be as objective as I can on this specific subject because I can get where one side may come from, where they say, okay, I don't necessarily need the church to worship God because I am the church, right? I am the church. That is very much true. That is very much true that we are the church, right? And I can understand other people or other perspectives that say, hey, like we absolutely, 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 absolutely need the church, right? The church is the most important thing, right? It's about what the church wants, what the church needs, helping out the body of Christ. However, I think there must be a very important component in both of those, which is balance. You have to have balance. And that comes from the answer of this question. And that is if church, the gathering of believers is essential for every believer. And I believe that, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Gathering is essential for every believer because we need each other, right? We need each other. We are the body of Christ, right? So we are the church. We are the body of Christ, which means every part of the body is needed for the whole body to function properly. So that's why we need the corporate gathering of believers. So we are the church. However, for us to stay as the church, we must be around other believers who believe that they are the church also so that we could corporately gather and stuff can happen. Things can shift. Things can move. I've been in rooms where people have gathered corporately. Miracles have happened. Uh, demons have been cast, cast that out of people. And supernatural things have happened. Not the sound really crazy or anything like that because, you know, I'm not one of those crazy Christians, one of those magic conch show Christians. Those for my SpongeBob fans out there. (laughs) And I'm not really a hocus pocus, like wacko jacko type of Christian. Like that's not me. Um, But I have seen a lot of crazy, like awesome, absolutely breathtaking miracles happen in a group or in a gathering of believers. I've seen depression leave people. I've seen anxiety leave people. I've seen people be physically, emotionally, and spiritually healed in gatherings where there were a corporate 
there's there's a corporate worship, there's a corporate uh, prayer service or something like that. I've seen things like that happen. And so there's a scripture that goes along with that last point I made, which are we are the body of Christ, which means every part of the body is needed for the whole body to function properly. There is a scripture that I'm reminded of, and it comes out of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to start at verse number 14. And we're going to probably going to go to verse 19. And it says this, it says, for in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the, if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? That's important. That is very much important. And so usually that scripture is made for uh, service, for people who are made to do different things in the church body. Um, but I just want to use that to hone in on the fact that the church defines us as the body of Christ. But also, um, I just want to hone in and really, really uh, give evidence to the fact that the Bible does say that every part of the body is needed for the whole body to function properly. So let's talk about why the church is important. So if, if church is essential for every believer, why is the church so important? And I'm going to go into some points that's going to prove or that's going to show that church is important to, to believers, right? And so the first one is that Jesus set the example. Jesus set the example. Let's look at Luke chapter 14, verse 16. It says, when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. So even Jesus went to church regularly. And if we strive to be Christ-like, we must follow this example that Jesus Christ set. We have to accept all aspects of Christianity. And so we have to accept the fact that Jesus did go to a synagogue. And it says, as usual. So that means he regularly went to the synagogue. That means he went to the synagogue um, sort of uh, like on a schedule. Like he went, he went on the Sabbath day, right? And it talks and it says as usual. So that means he went, he went regularly, right? He went and there was a pattern. He didn't just go one time. He went regularly. And so if we want to be Christ-like, we must follow that example that Jesus said. And just to bounce off of that point, the church is important to Jesus. Matter of fact, the Bible uses imagery and shows the church as Jesus's bride. And in some scriptures, it says Jesus is coming back for his bride. So basically, it's explaining the fact that Jesus sees the church as a very, very, very important component. And so let's look at Ephesians chapter five. Let's start at verse 25 and go through verse 27. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to prevent her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle 
or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. This scripture is usually used for marriage, but I want to talk specifically about the imagery used in here. It says, and so the scripture shows the bride of Christ is his church. And to love the church is to love his bride. There is no way you could love Jesus and not love his bride. Like, let's be real. Like all the husbands out there, you all can attest to this right now. There is no way someone could say, I love you, but I don't love your wife. Or I like you. You're really, really cool, but your wife and not so much. There's like, there's no way you're really going to really associate with them that well if they love you, but they don't love your wife. Why? Because your wife is very important to you. Your wife is very important to you. And so just like with Jesus, the church is very important to him. It's very, very important to him. Um, I've had the opportunity to officiate a wedding a few months ago, and I actually have that same opportunity coming up very soon. So one thing I realized is that the wedding um, is the bride's day. (laughs) Like the wedding is the bride's day. Like the bride is very, very important on the wedding day. Like the groom, like the, yeah, he gets his music and stuff like that, but he walks. Like it's usually like a minute of the song is made for him. And usually depending on how big the service is, it usually doesn't take him a minute. It usually takes him like 25 to 30 seconds (laughs) to get up on that stage beside the officiator and get ready for the bride to come through. But when the bride comes through, everyone stands When the bride comes through, everyone looks, everyone keeps their gaze on this beautiful person walking down the aisle as she's getting ready to to stamp her commitment to her husband. And so, I mean, that imagery right there just shows how important the bride is. And so that's how Christ sees his bride, which is the church. He sees it as very important. And so what's the third way that church is important? The third way church is important is that we can contribute, right? We all have gifts and talents that can help the church. We all have talents, things that we're born with. So the ability to connect, the ability to public speak, the ability to um, communicate with others effectively. And then we all have spiritual gifts, which come when we accept Christ into our hearts. So we all have the ability to teach. Some of us have the ability to um, to exhort or encourage. Some of us have the ability to pastor or to shepherd. Some of, have, some of us have the ability to give. Excuse me, my speaking is not on point today. <laughs> but all of us have talents that we could bring to the church. And we also have spiritual gifts that we could bring to the church. And so we put them together. We can contribute a lot of things to the body of Christ to help the body of Christ. And ultimately, what the body of Christ does is that they affect the community and they affect other people so that for one, they can help the people and the members of the of that body of Christ specifically grow in their faith walk, but also help the community and help other people so that they can show God's love to other people so that they may be able to lead the people who don't believe they can lead them to Christ. Number four, and this is one of the most important points right here. It says our children. Church is important because of our children. The next generation that's coming up. This is one of the most important points, right? Because with within why church is so important to believers, we must understand that as believers, 
we're only as good as a body of Christ, as the next generation coming up to sustain what we've already built. It says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, verse six, it says, teach children how they should live and they will remember it all their life. I'm a firm believer of that. I'm a firm believer of that because um, I've heard this so much growing up also is that growing up, I was in church so much because I had I had uh, my good grandparents raised me. And so they were in church like clockwork. Like you could count on them being in church. And I've heard this. I've heard some of my family members and just some people around, they said, oh my gosh, I'm in church so much that when I get old enough, (laughs) I don't know if I'm coming back, which it was obviously a joke. But that just goes to show that they saw that and they were taught how to do ministry. They were taught how to be in ministry. They were taught how to show the love of God. They were taught how to serve. And that stuff never leaves them because they still remember the things they used to do when they were six or seven. And some of them are like six in their 60s and in their 50s. So they remember those things. And it's important. It is important. And so the body of Christ, the church, is the place where our children can first learn how to contribute to the body of Christ. They, they learn through their parents. They learn through the influences in their life how to use their talents for the body of Christ and how to use their spiritual gifts from the body of Christ. And this area is where they realize how to serve. Everyone should be able to serve. And so this is why the church is so important for our next generation is so that they can see what it's like to serve, what it's like to be in community, what it's like to be able to use your talents and your gifts to uplift God so that other people can see who he is so they can come to him. And so they, so he can draw all men, right? As we lift them up. So the next point is community. Oh my gosh, this is so important too. And so Number one, for care. Number two, for counsel. So for care, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26. It says, if one part of the body suffers, all the other parts suffer with it. If one part is praised, all the other parts share its happiness. Let's look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. And it says, help carry one another's burdens. And in this way, you will obey the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? to love God, and to love one another. Through community, we can be in a setting where people are called to be empathetic to each other, to lift each other up, and to encourage each other. Right? We need that. That's why we need the that's why we need community. That's why we need to be in the area that other believers are in, to be in the setting or in the group of people that other believers are in because they can encourage us. They can lift us up, right? Like they understand what it's like to be a believer. So it's awesome getting lifted up and knowing that someone's empathetic to you. If you know that they have the same beliefs as you, if you know that they've been through some of the things that you've been through, it's just, it's amazing. Next for counsel. Let's look at Galatians chapter six, verse one. And it says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any sin, you who are spiritual, that is you who are responsive to the guidance of the spirit or to restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, not with a sense of superiority or self-righteousness, keeping a watchful eye on yourselves so that you are not tempted as well. 
That's important. So we're not talking about just for sin in general. We're talking about even for small things, like for, you know, you just going through and just feeling like you're not good enough this particular week or not feeling like you're doing as well this particular week, right? Or even the big stuff, like you going through a divorce or you going through a situation in your life that's very traumatic. Through community, we can get counsel through the spiritual leaders in our lives, such as mentors, spiritual mothers and fathers who play a huge role in our spiritual life. Not only in situations we may have done wrong, like I said before, but also in times we may have been done wrong or, or when situations come that are just unfortunate, like death, right? Death is a very unfortunate thing that happens on our side of it. And so it's awesome to have those spiritual leaders in your life who could counsel you through that, who could counsel you into healing into or into an area of healing. And lastly, the body of Christ or the gathering of believers is really important because of the connections that you can build right through the body of Christ. We can make connections that will not only help our spiritual lives, but it can help us out in other areas and aspects of our lives also, right? Like we need each other. We absolutely need each other as believers, but how awesome would it be if you really needed something done and there was somebody within the body of Christ that had that specific talent that you needed and you can go and talk to them and they could give you expertise and they could give you help because they care about you so much and you both have that commonality together that you're both in the in the same house of worship or that you both gather at the same location. It is awesome to be able to make those connections with other people. And so you may be saying at this point, everything sounds good so far, but what about the hurt I may have received from the church? So what about church hurt? Oh my gosh, this is a serious topic. One thing that I've realized is that as believers, we all have experienced some type of church hurt in one way or another. And the reason why we have experienced this is because we deal with humans and humans are not perfect at all. And this includes our spiritual leaders, too. They're human. They're people. They mess up, too. So like anything else, there are always going to be bad apples. And I hate using that because I feel like we use that so loosely. But seriously, there are some churches you're going to go into. They're just going to be bad churches with bad people in there. And I don't mean like bad people because I don't mean bad people in a judgmental way. I mean, people who are just stuck up or their attitudes may be bad. Or they may not just be very approachable people. You're going to encounter that. But just like how you're going to encounter that, you're going to encounter people who care about you, who genuinely think and believe that God has led you to them at that specific time so that they can show you the love of God, right? I believe that at my church, we do an awesome job of this. We do an awesome job of showing hospitality to people. And I think that a lot of people from my specific church that I'm a member of have been victims of church hurt. And you probably would never know because they opened their heart back up again to a body of Christ that wants them there. And there's something amazing about that, right? Like me, I'm hashtag jacked up, right? I'm jacked up, right? I've experienced church hurt 
And I've also passed church hurt to other people in ways that I may not know. And I feel greatly sorry for that. I really do. But I will say that our church is an awesome place that's accepting the people who have shown that type of behavior and people who have been victims of that type of behavior. The behavior of church hurt is not very good. It's actually very bad and is actually detrimental to the body of Christ. However, it's still our responsibility to pray for them because the same God that loves us, the same God that loves our broken selves that came from that area or that environment of that toxic church hurt, he still loves the people that were hurting us. He still loves them. He's still their God too. So it's our responsibility to pray for them. And in conclusion, I really hope that the church hurt that some of you have experienced doesn't stop you from enjoying an awesome environment where you can lift up the name of Jesus. And I hope that through this episode, I was able to shed light on some important components of the church. And I encourage you all to get plugged into a great church community that will help you not only grow spiritually, but also in every aspect of your life also. With that being said, I thank you all for joining me on this episode of Let's Talk. I love you all, and I will talk to you again next week. Bye.